podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to your post-match Raw on AI Pro, podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland. I'm Trev Denny and I'm joined by Jim Boardman and Dave Hendry to give their immediate reactions to Liverpool 1, Leeds 2 in the Premier League from Anfield. Dave, I picked a hell of a week to stop sniffing glue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, Lord, wept, Trev. What? Look, it's Saturday night. It's 10pm on a Saturday night. I don't want to be coming on here at 10pm on a Saturday night just to call a bunch of lads a bunch of cunts. Like, for the love of God, that was absolutely pathetic. Last weekend was bad. That was worse. Because Mm. at least Forrest parked the bus. So you can be like, yeah, you know what? Sometimes teams just park the bus and it's hard to break them down and they catch it on the counter. That lot came out to meet us in the middle of the park. And we're yeah. like, this is our ground. We're not fucking bowing to you. And it was bad for an hour, and then it just got worse. I, I'm not sure. You you might have given up sniffing glue. Jürgen has absolutely upped the habit this season. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with him. But he's he needs to sort himself out real quick. We've got a whole bunch of players that are a mess, but the manager is having an absolute shocker. I mean... Let's be real clear on he got that wrong tonight with his in-game substitutions. He made us worse with each substitution. And if he wanted to take Trent off, that's fair enough. But Jesse Marsh had brought one of the quickest players in Europe on, on the left wing. And Jürgen responded by bringing James Milner on at right back. And I know he lives under this delusion and lots of Liverpool fans live under this fucking delusion that James Milner has never let us down. But he has. He's had lots of shit games over his time at Liverpool. And so has the fella that came on in the holding midfield role. And so has the young lad that came on right side of midfield. Like, these players can't be relied on. They're not good enough to play for this club. They Maybe they were at one stage. Maybe Curtis will be in a year or two. But right now, none of those three are good enough. And, like, they're the three he brings on. He could have brought on Ibu and shifted Joe Gomez to right back if he wanted to bring Trent off. He could have brought Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain on and put him in instead of Harvey Elliott. But no, because why would you do that? Let's bring the lads on who we know aren't good enough, who we know can't do these jobs. Um, do you know what it is, right? As, as I was watching the second half, I was like, I don't really care if we if we win or lose at this point because this is just mm. shit. And then they score, and all of a sudden I cared a lot, and that's just how it is. 
I'd love to say it's freeing, but it's not. No, I, I agree with you. I think, I think the main man needs to head off to the Amazon and find himself a good medicine man and do some serious ayahuasca for a while and just re, re envisage what it is to be on the planet. Because I worry when I see decisions like that. And Jim, to bring you in on this, like it's not about. I always feel I have to say this shit and I do in case we have any new listeners it's not about digging out X, Y or Z because anyone who listens to this show on a regular will know how much praise we give um, because there's been nothing but praise which has been due for so many years but we have to call it like we see it and it was really really weird to see what the manager was doing and has been doing all season and really really disappointing to see the effort again put in by our players on the park where they looked second best in in almost all areas of the park, lads with reputations, really well-earned reputations, not living up to them all over the park. And again, when it comes down to that basic word, Jim, and it, we never thought we'd say this about a club team. People told us it would happen. People told us there was a cycle. People told us that inevitably uh, the squad would end up gassed and this, that and the other. And there's a way around that, but that's for another day. But it seems to be the case that it's happening and it's coinciding with our manager having a little bit of a, a wobble himself. And it's just very, very difficult, uh, Jim, to, 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 to watch. It's, it's painful to watch. It's painful to watch it sort of unfold in slow motion in front of you. It is. It's, this is the anti-Liverpool. This isn't Liverpool. This is the anti-Liverpool. This is the opposite of Liverpool. This, this Liverpool team, um, a couple of years ago, you know, even months ago, never mind a couple of years ago, months ago, would have reacted to an error early on by, turning the game around very quickly and, and, and demolishing what was in front of them. And we'd have all, you know, we'd have been doing this show laughing about something that would have felt like it had happened a long time ago because of what happened afterwards. This, the, the, the Liverpool of a few months ago would have come out fighting. They wouldn't, they would not have let what happened last weekend happen again. That, they wouldn't have let what happened last weekend happen in the first place, but definitely not, not two weeks running. And, I just, I honestly don't know what it is. And there's, there's part of me thinks that maybe the issue isn't, um, bringing Curtis Jones on. The issue is not making him captain and having him as captain with a load of young lads from the academy. Cause you can't help but think they may not have all the skills and experience, but you, by God, you know, they'd have to fight. And that's what's really depressing about Liverpool. There is no fight in them. And instead of being a team that sometimes we get, um, teams playing against us that really try and sort of play us at our own game, press us, put us under pressure. You, you know, give it an hour, maybe 70 at the most, they'll be knackered and we'll just go in there and finish them off. It's the other way around again, anti-Liverpool. I've just, I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm lost for words because I'm pretty sure we'll prove I'm not for <laughs> the next hour or so, but <laughs> I'm getting to that stage now where there's, there's, there's just limits on what you can do and it feels, I mean, the, one of the main issues I think with football sometimes is that you try and think, here's the problem, that's what it's all because of. And there's too many problems. There isn't one thing, there's a lot of them. And you're right, there's something not right with Klopp. I don't know what what's going on with him. There's whether he's just not getting the support. I mean, I don't know how much Klopp is, you know, the mastermind and how much Klopp is the ringleader. You just don't know what, what really goes on, but it just feels even even the coaching staff aren't getting it right. The medical staff maybe aren't getting it right, what we've got of medical staff. You know, all the way through the club, things just aren't right. And 
I mean, I'm not looking forward to the World Cup itself, but I'm looking forward to the break that the World Cup will give us. And I hope we can reinvent ourselves again, you know, remind ourselves of what we are because it can't come soon enough in that respect. Jim, just just to to maybe dwell on this point for a second, because we could get back to it, we might not get back to it. But seeing it, seeing it as I raised it and you've been talking about it, at one point a statistic came up there, I think it was in, in the first half, and it looked as if Leeds had run a combined six kilometres or something like that more than we had at that point. Some bananas amount like that. Um. And this happens again and again and again. And that was one of those things that back in the day when you didn't care about this type of thing or I didn't care. Sorry, I won't include you. Well, I didn't care about that type of thing and we were just doing well. It was just one of those points of interest or or accumulated uh, yards or whatever, fine, whatever. Uh, And we were always going to top everything. We were top of all of these uh, charts. And now we're consistently getting outrun. And I, like I literally mean it, that's that's the most for me again. Maybe some of the boys um, will will take issue with this who are, who who are more um, expert in these areas. But for me, that's quite a a graphic expression of effort right there. And I, I again I ask you why is it happening? And you know people are going to be leaning into oh it was an exhausting season last season. You know they're going to do that, and they're going to do it with some amount of of rationale behind it and certainly a belief that they're in the right to me it doesn't really wash i'll be honest which i find it very hard to take as a as an excuse but it's it's real jim these teams that we are playing against are making more effort this is the most bananas aspect of all of this isn't it it is yeah and we've we've kind of we've had spells where individual players have had like a little run of games where maybe they've been like that you know we i won't even bother to name names we we, we've seen it from time to time and we've wondered well it's been a long season maybe they're carrying an injury and things like that but it's all the players i mean even i think the only player you can exclude from that is is ali because he probably is running more than anybody else at the moment um yeah it's i mean again what is the reason for it is is there something going on in the medical side of things that we're not getting recovery right between games? Because we've had we've had heavy seasons for the last as long as I can remember. You know, we've we've had the season that was interrupted by COVID that messed people up. We've had the seasons that were sort of players were away on other tournaments for other other places, you know, for the for the countries and so on. We've had um you know, heavy seasons like last season was a heavy season, but it's not our first one. Why are they so so tired, so lacking in effort? And is it is it the the tired and lacking effort, or are they lacking motivation? Because I mean, I know eventually you're going to run out of steam. And as as we say, if we speak to people who know these things much better than us, more qualified than us, they'll probably explain how things can you know you can basically just run out of steam in the end. But you know yourself if you. <clears throat> If you're in the right mood for something, you'll run a bit faster, walk a bit faster, get something done a bit quicker. You know, if it needs doing, it, it needs doing. If you saw saw your child in a burning building, you'd find the energy to go in there and get your child out of there kind of thing. And that's the way Liverpool have played. They've always played like it means something, that they've got to give it everything. And I don't know how much of it is is physical issues and how much of it is mental issues because something just doesn't seem right. And um, I alluded to it a little bit with Jay the other day and I said, I don't think this is the case, but how often do you hear about clubs and then you look back, situations like this, and it turns out, turns out there was some kind of 
rift in the dressing room. Now, I don't think mm. the case with Liverpool because they I think it is. Well, no, well, I I don't think yes. they look in any way connected this season like they have in last season. They're connected the season to each before. other as teams in some ways, but it's not that. I don't know. They're coming off the pitch. They're not getting the same kind of hug off Klopp, are they? And hugging him back the same way. And I don't know. It's easy to read too much into things, but. That something isn't right, and I don't think it's just that there's one thing that's the problem. A lot of things aren't right, but we're not fixing any of them. We need to make a start, and if we are that worn out, if we are that lacking in, in whatever it needs, if it's motivation, mentally or physically, or whatever that we need to get up to our normal self to play our normal way, well, guess what? If we can't play our normal way, stop playing our normal way. Play a way that suits the way we are at the moment, because we, we, we can't last 90 minutes against a team that wants to play that way. I can't help but think um, that we should move quite um, swiftly. Can I, just, can I just make one point? Yeah, go on. Um, you mentioned the running thing. Uh, we were outrun on our own pitch today by 11 kilometres over the 90. Is that what it ended up? I was looking for 11 searching for us. Where did you find that stat? Simon way? Brundish. Okay. He has access to data that us normal humans aren't allowed okay. to access. Uh, we were outrun by 11 kilometres, and he says 11 kilometres is how much a high-action midfielder covers in a match. So basically, they played with an extra man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, that's quite pointed, isn't it, uh, in terms of uh, where we'd like to see some uh, like, recruitment. You know yeah. what? I'm not having... I get I get this, this argument that, oh, they're exhausted after last season. No, it's bullshit, isn't it, Dave? It's I'm nonsense, not having... because lots of other teams have had seasons mm-hmm. where they've played high 50s, 60 games. Real Madrid won La Liga and got to the European Cup final and won it last season. Now, I know they don't have a League Cup, but let's not pretend all our first-team players were playing in those competitions all the way along. Like, last season, I think Henderson made the most appearances with 51 or maybe 52. But if you looked at his minutes, he was like 6th or 7th on the list. So it's not like any one of these players went out there and played all 63 games and played 90s in all of them. They were all managed very, very carefully last year. If you go back and look at people like Kenny, Kenny was playing 55, 60 games season after season after season after season with far less recovery time, with far less medical staff, with nowhere near the nutrition, playing on absolute bogs, getting kicked up and down the pitch. Yes, the tempo of the game is faster now, but it's far less aggressive and far less physical. And them boys weren't flying around in private jets either. So I don't they, buy they, that they're, they tired. Were also, they're tired, they're soft. They were also on the lock every Wednesday night. Yes. I mean, this is the thing about... Like, every this, Wednesday and every Saturday, them boys were on the beer, like... A different, different culture, and maybe on, we need that now. You know, maybe that's what the lads need. I, I, I tell you what, that's a hundred percent what I need. And like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just it's, roll it's, out the gin, roll out the gin. It's remarkable to watch. And like I was trying to say there earlier on, and, and I'm glad you did cut across me. It's a good point you made there. Uh, I don't know that there's too much debate around the team itself. You might talk about the way we set up. You might perhaps still. And I know you might, Dave, talk about the inclusion of Elliot and whether or not the kid is able to do what we need him to do. But when you look at our bench today, and obviously in case you didn't see the game, we started with Ali. We had um, Trent, um, Joe Gomez and, and, and Virgil van Dijk. We had Roberts on the other side. That should be great. We had Fabinho and Elliot and Thiago, and that should be more than enough to go and beat the second from bottom team. We had Bobby up top with uh, Salah and Nunes as well. And 
there's enough wonderful footballers there to absolutely annihilate this lot. Like, I mean, put them to the sword. Uh, and when you look at the bench and you've got a, a, a monster like Ibu Kanate, uh, and you've got Milner and Henderson who are so highly rated by the manager, you've got Ox on his way back, Curtis Jones, Simicus, Carvalho, Phillips and Kelleher. We should have more than adequate there. What we are missing clearly there in the bench is someone to be a focal point for the attack if that happens to go awry, with the exception of Carvalho, who is a fucking amoeba who should not be re- relied on. Um, it would obviously be much better for us if we could call him one of our two injured attackers. That's a shame. Um, but, you know, there's only so much crying you can do when you can field an 11 like that. I don't know that there's much to be said about that. So I'm kind of going to move away from it cautiously. If you want to come back, you do in either case, guys. But I want to talk a little bit about Leeds um, ahead of us analyzing the match. Because with uh, Jesse March, who is the ultimate cool geography teacher, I mean, what sort of a get-up is that? When you look at that guy and you look at his record and you look at what he's trying to do here, he's been much maligned and Leeds have been much maligned. Um, But I'll tell you, they outdid us in almost all aspects. Sorry in all aspects of the game tonight. And they started with Melian and Goal, who had a great night in the vein of so many other keepers who've come to Anfield over the years. Oh, by the way, let's not forget, we've coughed up a fucking wonderful record at Anfield. And one of the best stats that we have, uh, it was almost like that rushy stat, which lasted for so long, was Virgil's unbeaten um, record at Anfield. It's a sh- bloody shame and embarrassment that we coughed that up as well. I mean, the guy is involved in that loss in, in, in many ways, in many big ways. So we have to acknowledge that. But back to Leeds, Melier, they had Chris, Christensen, Cook, uh, Cooper, Strzok, uh, Adams, Rocca, Harrison, Aronson, Somerville and Rodrigo. And I listened to you guys talking about this, Dave. And, um, you know, I'm looking at their bench there and they've got Luke Ayling and Patrick Bamford who came on to some effect, Llorente, Firpo, Nyanto, who came on and looked really good. Gelhart, Greenwood, Klich. And they're way too good, I think, personally, to be where they are as a group yeah. of players. Uh, would you agree? And what do you think it is that Jesse Marsh is at? Do you have a little bit of faith that they're going to get what they need to get, which is obviously sort of um, into the safety zone? They're not obviously going to challenge for anything this year, being where they are at this stage. But you would, I, I have to say, I'd have, I'd have a lot of faith in them getting to a very safe position fairly handily in the new year. Yeah, I think so. I think he's a good manager. I think one of the reasons he's maligned is because he's American. I think that's plain and simple. I think yep, there's, I there's a bias against, you know, we saw it when Bob Bradley came over and was at Swansea, and Bob Bradley has a career of proving he's a pretty good manager. And yet when things went wrong, it was mock the American. Uh, when anything's gone wrong for Jesse Marsh, it's Ted Lasso references. Like Jesse Marsh is a good manager and has proven himself to be a good manager at New York Red Bulls and at Red Bull Salzburg. It didn't go well for Leipzig, but it hasn't gone well for Leipzig since he left either. Like they've not been good since he left. They got a bit better and then they got a bit worse. Um you look at their team and like the thing is we can't use injuries as an excuse today because when you look at them, 
they've actually got more players out than we do at the moment, including Luis Sinistera, their big money attacking acquisition in the summer, who's probably the best attacking player they have. They're missing Stuart Dallas, who's their version of James Milner, I suppose, the guy that can go and play anywhere and give you a six out of ten. Uh, they're missing young Joe Gelhart, who's a super exciting young player and one of their better attackers. And Patrick Bamford still isn't up to full speed, who's their only real striker. And when you look at the team that lines up, Melier, I, I he's he's an example of one of these inconsistent goalkeepers. Like, the kid's got talent, but he makes a lot of mistakes. But he comes to Anfield and all of a sudden he's Gigi Buffon, because that's just what happens. I, I think both fullbacks are really good. I think Christensen's a really, really good right back. He's someone I tagged on the transfer committee pod a few years ago that we should look at to bring in as cover for Trent. Um, I like Struyuk. I think he's a good player as well. Robin Cock is a decent player. His biggest issue is injuries. Liam Cooper is, is championship up and down. He is not a Premier League caliber defender. And we saw it tonight. Like he made four big errors and we didn't punish them at all. I really like the midfield pairing. I think Adams and Rocker are really, really good. They obviously lost Calvin Phillips, one of their two best players in the summer, and they bought those two boys in to replace him. So while neither of them are as good as Phillips, as a pairing, they're better than Phillips and whoever else was next to him last season. And then a little, little sideways point, Dave, while we're at it. Just so we understand what it is we're up against and have been up against for so long. Phillips. How many times does he play for Manchester City? I think he's played about five minutes this season, if I'm not mistaken. Because so he arrived injured, and then he came back, and I th- I think he played about five minutes. And then he got injured again, and he had to go and have uh, have a surgery done. Ah, uh, okay. Phillips has played... Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. He's played 14 minutes across three sub-appearances. Okay, well, that's for different. For £47 I, I, million. Pounds. I hadn't realised how crocked he'd been. In the, that, but he, that but he wasn't takes playing away. even before he had the operation. So yeah, like I wonder your, would he Your be, point yeah. is right. Like he, he, yeah, 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 yeah. he wasn't playing. Um, Harrison's, uh, I mean, Harrison's okay. He reminds me a little bit of Downing. You know, he's up and down. He's hardworking. He's all one foot. And he's technically quite proficient. I the kid that scored the winner, Somerville, he did nothing else in the entire game. He's quite highly regarded, but he's he's still a young player learning his way. I think Aronson, the the number seven, I think he's really, really good. I think that was a brilliant signing in the summer. I th- I think he just his ball retention, his ability to beat a man, he's strong, he's tough, he wants to fight and win the ball back. And Rodrigo I mean, the most impressive thing about him is that he's Thiago's best friend. And that's about it. He scores a goal that we gift him. He's a talented player, but he's infuriatingly inconsistent. Like, you'd watch him all season and you'd, you'd absolutely despise him by the end of it. And then in the last minute of the last game of the season, he'd score a worldie. And you'd be like, right, next season he's going to be the fella. And then you'd start again the next season and you'd hate him by Christmas. It's just how he is. Talented but in- inconsistent. Like, it's a good team. Let's not pretend it's not. It's a good team. The, the midfield trio of Rocker, Adams and-, and Aronson are really, really good. The wingers work hard. They have movement up front. They're better when Bamford plays. 
Cooper is the weak link in that team. But you put a good centre-back in next to Robin Cock or or Lorente, who would play instead of Cock. You put a good centre-back next to them. And that's a very strong defensive unit. And Bamford can get you goals. So I do think they'll be all right. I think they'll finish in the mid-table. And I think Marsh, if given time, will do well there. But like I said, the, the issue for him is, first of all, he replaced Bielsa. So the fans had such a love for Bielsa. Like, think of it this way. When Klopp leaves us, whoever replaces him is going to have to win us over. It's not the same as when you come in and replace a manager that the fans are kind of sick of. Like, we were all kind of sick of Rodgers, or in my case, Mm. very sick of Rodgers. So Klopp coming in... It's like when Kenny went the second time, because some fans wanted him out, but some didn't, and... But and at the same yeah. time, Jim, when Kenny arrived, we hated Hodgson. Mm-hmm. So Kenny could have been anybody and he would have been adored. Do you know? He could have um, been anybody and he would have been better, when, so let's be honest. Yeah, it's very, very true. But, you know, they, their fans loved Bielsa the same way we love Klopp because he took he came to them as a world-renowned coach in the championship, found them in the bottom half and took them to the Premier League where they'd been without for 16 years. He like also did something for them that, that, that what we want from players, and no matter what, the, we want players who are brilliant, skillful technicians, all the rest of it. But buy it. What you want wrong. most is they fight for you, yeah. they want to win for you, they'll almost die for you. And, and Bielsa's that's what that manager that. was, wasn't he? Yeah. He would do that. Like, and, and then Bielsa winning the championship for them, getting them into the Premier League and keeping them in the Premier League, that's the same thing as Klopp winning us the league title and the Champions League, <laughs> because it's the respective levels you're looking at. So, that's also part of Marsh is that he replaced Bielsa and the deal was done kind of sneakily where he was approached before Bielsa knew his job was under threat. So that he's getting that and he's getting from the media. It's, it's purely because he's an American because um, he is a good manager. He has a good track record. He sets his team up well. They work really hard. And what they did tonight was they won every single second ball, every single second ball. The only one in our midfield that looked like he even wanted to try and win a second ball was Thiago. But my issue with our team Elliot's not a midfielder and he's never going to be a midfielder. He just, he just not. He just doesn't have the head for it, doesn't have the physicality for it. He can be really good on the right of a midfield four. But what gets me, Travis, we kind of stumbled into something of a formula that worked a few weeks ago against City, where we got really compact and we didn't leave space for opposition teams to play in. And then we hit them on the counter. And I know that in losing... Jota, after losing Diaz, we sort of lost that out ball down the left. But there's no reason that Ox hasn't been given an, op- an opportunity to, to at least give 45 minutes and see if he can do it. You why could play Curtis. Why is, why is he on the bench if he's not going If to he's play. not fit, exactly. You could play Curtis, you could play Costas. And then Harvey could play right at the midfield four, where he's more comfortable, where he's better on the ball. And your defence would be a bit more compact. Your midfield would sit in. Uh, Fabinho would have much less room to cover. Like, it was obnoxious how much room the lad had to cover in the first half because Harvey was gone walking. But it wasn't as bad as Wednesday. But, I mean, the diamond didn't work on Wednesday. It just didn't. I don't care that we won 3-0. We won 3-0 because of a, a very strange series of events that occurred down their left where their player jumped for a header missed the header, the ball fell to Henderson, he plays a great pass, but Salah has the freedom of the pitch to run into because the defence is all over the place, and then two quick goals. But we'd been battered before that. 
So the diamond didn't work. It only worked once we were 3-0 up and they'd stop trying because they knew it was over. So why he goes with it again tonight, I don't know. You're also starting your only three real attackers because, like you said, Carvalho's a kid. So why why start all three attackers and not have the option to bring one of them off the bench if you need them or when you need them? I know he's playing with a shortened hand, but he's shortening himself. Like, he sat there tonight. We need a goal. We need to win the game. And he could have brought on Carvalho. He didn't. He could have brought on Ox. He didn't. He brings on Milner for Trent, which hurts us going forward. He brings on Henderson, whatever. He, Him or Fabinho right now, it, it doesn't actually matter which of them it is. And he brings on Curtis. Like, the fella is hasn't really shown he deserves to play in that midfield role, but let's see him wide left where he played in the academy and see if maybe he can offer something. But to keep shifting the shape around and trying new things and rolling with something that didn't work, it, it is just, it's frustrating because it worked against City and we haven't done it since. And why and- why are we messing and experimenting when we've got a game, we've got a day to recover, we've got a day mm. to train, we've got a game, we've got, you know, we're in that little cycle yeah. moment where we've not got time to go doing deep, you know, deep, big changes, you know, big um, changes to philosophy and everything, the way we're playing. We need to get it into place head quickly, what they're meant to be doing, all of mm. them, you know, and whoever's fit and can turn up and play needs to know what their role's going to be that day as well, which might be. That's the thing. You know, and like, you're asking Thiago to do an enormous amount of work on the left side as well which isn't his game. Like, he's never been... Like, he's very good off the ball, and he's a great tackler, and he's very, very um, combative. But we don't want him doing that. We want him getting the ball off the centre-backs, turning with the pitch in front of him, and running the processors in his head and deciding where the ball needs to go. Yeah, We don't want him chasing up and down. That's something you, you give... That's donkey work. Get Henderson to do that. If you don't play that kind of role, you get Henderson to do it, not him. To be fair to the kid, he put in a tremendous shift. Oh, yeah, alongside alongside the two fullbacks, I would think he's the only one who can just say, "Well, I've I've done everything I can do." Mm. And just on that and on the Klopp uh, substitute thing, if there's some sort of blood contract, then he must bring on James Miller because reasons. Fine, bring on James Miller and push Trent. Into midfield. Ahead of him mm. into midfield. Yeah. Because Trent was our best chance. He was consistently producing good balls. It was poss- possibly his best and most consistent performance uh, that he's had since he came back, uh, since since we've started this season. It was one of his best uh, outings, in my opinion, in terms of not making a balls of anything. And there we are. Mm. And there we are. And he's off. And we're bringing... Uh, it, 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 it's, it's impossible to understand. Let's get into the guts of this Jim and we start off with some bad news because as uh, the Premier League's best referee TM uh, Michael Oliver gets the ball rolling within a minute uh, Ali bombs the ball forward the defender heads back towards his dead ball line and as the keeper is advancing Mo gets there first I think it's ahead of Cooper who had had the header I think it's him and he hooks the ball in the half volley sort of goal words I don't think it's actually on target but we get a corner from it and it looks like we have them rattle nice and early nothing comes from that and instead of it being a harbinger of a Reds uh, all out assault 
instead within another two minutes on the three minute mark we are actually a goal down and this has been the story of the season we can't start a game for toffee we are rubbish uh at starting games and that speaks i'm sorry but that speaks if you do it again and again and again and again that's not a mistake that's a habit that's a trend fix it and if you can't fix it, I mean, again and again, I speak, I've, I've spoken to so many um, of the great players of our past. I've been honored and lucky enough to speak to them for two, three hours at a time doing these interviews for this channel. And all of them talk about the same thing, about getting the basics right. And if things go right, just do the simple things. And the fact that we can't do it, Jim, is so frustrating. Rodrigo puts them 1-0 up. Joe Gomez gets the ball, um, and he does well. He gets in ahead of the attacker. Then having won the ball out there uh, in the sort of right-back position, he plays it kind of blind across the face of goal towards where he thinks Ali is. Ali slips. And Ali later acknowledges some sort of like, sorry, mea culpa thing with his hand. Um, but I'll be honest with you, it's a blind pass back. There's blame there for Gomez, regardless of whether you want to take it off him or not. He'd done well in the build up and then it's a blind pass. Ali slips. He could possibly have gotten there. Maybe not. Um, but the ball ends up at Rodrigo. But Rodrigo, if we're being perfectly honest about this here, was jogging in well behind Virgil and then went past Virgil, who then reacted when he saw the kid had gone past him way too late and sort of scrambled to try and make an effort or a nod towards making an effort to get back. If you're to analyze each and every one of those guys all of them could have done better in my humble opinion it's a bit clown cards as as is by the way the winner later on oh my god but that one in and of itself is just the cohesiveness the lack of of togetherness you talked about earlier on jim that's it right there right yeah it is it's it's also that that thing that that's crept into liverpool's football and it's not that it's been completely absent the last few years because we see it now and again in games where the, the word is complacency, where we think, almost like we think we've already won the game before we've even got on the pitch. And I wonder how much of that was, you know, Gomez didn't even bother to look where Ali was because he thought, you know, oh, well, it's only Leeds, you know, we'll, you know, it's us that's in the ascendancy here already. You know, we're going to hammer these. Let me just pass this ball back quickly to Ali, then we can start our attack. Oh, um, it's not. And I mean, Ali, I suppose, should have been positioned in a way where, you know, to sort of expect the unexpected, if you like, and expect something to go wrong. And and of course, there shouldn't have been anyone anywhere near. You know, we should have been watching what was around us. And we don't do that. We don't do that. And I don't know, is it just that we don't expect other teams to sort of come at us and play us like that? But the, the thing is, the secret's out. Everybody knows how to beat Liverpool now. It's not a, it's not a mystery anymore. And because of that, we've got to be wise to it. And this back to the basics thing, I mean, it's just a basic thing that, you know, let the game settle a little bit, at least at the back, you know, just be ready, just be watching for these things, just just get yourself into it, you know, get going on the game. I mean, I, I love to see us hit the ground running. I love to see us go out for the attack from the off. But, you know, that's all well and good, but you've got to sort things out at the other end. And I think we've been guilty at times in recent years of letting ourselves go behind in games, but knowing that we've got enough in us more often than not to 
pull a result out because that's what we've done. You know, we've seen it time and again, but we were kind of like that under Brendan Rodgers and that didn't end well, did it? And that's that's what worries me now that, you know, we... And and even then, under Brendan Rodgers, we would, generally speaking, score a couple more goals for everyone we leaked back in those wonderful days with that defence. This defence is better, but it's just the... I don't know, the whole attitude across the team... Um, is not putting a hundred percent, not needing to put a hundred percent. And I agree, it's not every player. Some players are are putting the heart into it, and maybe haven't got the best abilities. Um, interesting. What I've seen a, a quote from Klopp, and he said maybe some players are overplayed. Harvey's been exceptional for us this season. He had a good start, but couldn't keep it going. Thiago's been ill up front. The same players play all the time. The three strikers we have left, we have to fight, and that is what we must do. It's all great words, but you know. It feels like these are problems we could have predicted. I mean, it's unfortunate if you, to lose two of your main strikers and to only be left with three who are basically are at the best playing, probably, roughly speaking, in the same position. So feels like, you know, none of them are really playing were the best at the moment. I don't know. It's, but that's, that's all well and good. That, that's, that's the front end. But at the back, you know, knowing that's the case, why aren't we more solid? Why aren't we doing the basics, as you say? And, you know, if you don't know it's safe to pass back to the goalkeeper, heard it time and time again from ex-pros who were who such competitive beasts. I'm, like yourself, I've been looking enough to speak to so many of them down the years. The, the, the competitive nature, the reason they played for Liverpool is because of that competitive nature in them. That means you do what needs to be done. You will win this game. What I hate using the phrase, but Rosehead. Sometimes you just need to knock it into Rosehead and regroup a little bit. But... Again, it's that sort of complacency that we're too good for these. Let's show them. Let's show off a bit. Um, we're playing Premier League football like it's a testimonial at times. But look, look at look at the reality of where we are now. And and I, I, it's a little bit early to be bringing in this sort of existential angst, but I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. If you look at games played, we've played twelve games, uh, and we have sixteen points, and the bottom of the table team have nine. Okay. So, but just, just even, remind everybody who that bottom of the table te- bottom of the table team are, Trent. That would be Nottingham Forest who, uh, who who got three points against us. Ever got was that last game? Yeah, last yeah, game. yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting that. That same that took three off us tonight. That and the same te- Nottingham Forest that hadn't won a league game in their previous nine, six defeats, three draws. The Leeds team we played tonight hadn't won a league game since August six defeats and two draws in their last eight. We are just open for business right now. Come on in, have whatever the fuck you want. But look, so take that, take that um, reality and extrapolate out into the broader question of how this season is going to finish. Because I was only last night on AIP uh full of hope and and wonder as I as I conceived the season to come uh, and the remainder of it and the period especially after the World Cup break where I envisaged lads returning and being marvellous and now there's a distinct possibility that lads will return and be marvellous and it'll be just enough to get us fucking fifth which is the worst possible outcome I can think of and I don't I don't say that I, I, I realize how entitled that makes me sound as a football fan. And I don't give a shit. 
I'm sorry. If you want to be in the UEFA or Europa or whatever the fuck it is or the conference bullshit, that's fine. Listen, you know, knock yourself out. I'm mm. delighted for you. And, and I'm genuinely delighted for you as a club. If that is the limit of your expectations, it is not Liverpool's limit of expectations. This is the thing, Trev. Like, people need to remember what club we support. Yes, but look at the thing. Like, we don't support Brighton or fucking Villa or some exactly. other club. And look this at the is table, Liverpool. Dave. Manchester City have 29 points and uh, carry the four there and you will realise 29 points when you take away our sub our toll from that is 13 whole points ahead of us and Arsenal have a game in hand over those fuckers and are a point behind them so they could go to 31 points if they win their game in hand this is absolutely and their game in hand by the way is against Forest tomorrow so they probably will win that game which they'll win so now we've got and we look at it and I was being quite complacent last night when I think about it now we look at it City are going to do City things Uh, Arsenal may or may not fall away to whatever extent Tottenham may or may not fall away they're getting a win there today when they were it was they were 2-1 down with uh, 15-20 minutes left or something like that and they end up winning 3-2 today Newcastle have a big win today uh, 4-0 win they're on 24 points and then you look down who's below Newcastle. Shit, Chelsea. And then you look who's below that, United. And you start thinking, well, where are we going to finish? Where are we going to finish? And even if we all, if we get our act together tremendously, it's going to be a real struggle to get into top four now yeah. at this stage. And that is the reality that everybody needs to start embracing because people like myself last night on AIP – can be in la-la land about what that means. Obviously, if we won tonight, things are looking a bit rosier. I heard you saying on on on, on the Daily Red about, look, we need seven points from these three games. And yeah. Get that, that's good. Well, we're already behind the eight ball and we can't get seven points. We can't anymore. get seven points. We were playing Leeds, who are bottom three, and Southampton, who aren't very good as part of those two games. Now, we've got an away trip to Spurs, but Spurs' form has been up and down. Like you said, they were quite fortunate today to come back and beat uh, Bournemouth. But here's the thing, Trev, right? You look at the top of the table. City are very good. There's no denying City are a very good team. I think Arsenal are a little bit fugazi. I think they've had quite a lot of luck go their way this season. But they're in really good form. Below that, Spurs are hit and miss. Newcastle are way outperforming their actual level. They won't sustain this for the season. Chelsea are in somewhat of a rebuild. New manager only in the door. United aren't very good. They're in a rebuild. New manager only in the door. Fulham just got promoted. And Brighton, who lost their manager and then didn't win for five league games in a row. All of these teams are above us. There is one of those teams that's actually better than us. And yet there are seven others who are above us in the league right now. We have played 12, won four, drawn four and lost four. After 12 games under Roy Hodgson, what many of us believe is the worst spell we've ever experienced as Liverpool fans. We had played 12, won four, drawn four and lost four. This is this is Jurgen Klopp managing Roy Hodgson level stuff right now. You know, one and he's very well, fortunate the league is not very good this year. One thing I remember about the, the time under Hodgson was that our players looked um, lost. They didn't know what they were meant to be doing. Some of them probably didn't know how to play football anyway. But that's that's by the by. They didn't look know what they were meant to be doing. The confidence was just 
zapping out of them game yeah. by game. And you look at Arsenal, like you, so you, to some extent there has been some luck on their side and so on. But what's also been on their side is that when they've won, it's boosted the confidence. And when they've won again, the more confidence. And they're thinking, hey, hang on a minute, maybe we're not that bad after all. With Liverpool, it's the opposite. Again, anti-Liverpool. Liverpool are going, oh, the way we reacted to that Gomez uh, slip-up, I'm going to blame it more on Gomez, but it doesn't really matter. A mistake happened. A goal, a ball went into our goal. We were behind. How did you react? We reacted by looking at me. We were shitting ourselves. We didn't know what to do. Lacking in confidence. No no belief in ourselves. So, you know, again, there's just something strange going on. I don't know. Maybe we need to bring Steve Peters back because Jürgen hasn't got this motivation in him anymore himself. The thing is as well, like, when we were that bad under Hodgson, like... You kind of expect it because you looked at the players we had and you were like, well, I mean, you know, you've got Reyna in goal who clearly declined that year. You had Glenn Johnson right back, was never any good. You had Carragher who was coming towards the end and the the, the lottery that was Martin Skirtle, you didn't know what you'd get week to week. You had, was Kincheski was the first choice left back at the time in midfield. We were we were rolling out Raúl Morales. Uh, Gerard missed a bit of time there, but he was playing as well. You had Maxi Rodriguez. You had Lucas. I mean, Jesus wept. And then up front, you had the corpse of Fernando Torres, who was injured. And it was all you, you expected us to be like that then. But you look at that. None of them, bar Gerard, would get in this team. None of them. There's not one player from that entire season. Bar Suarez, who arrived in, after Hodgson was gone, only Gerard would get in this Liverpool team. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. And yet... We're doing the same shit we did that season under the Hodge. And the thing is, under the Hodge, after 12 games, we were ninth. And uh, where are we in the league? Oh, we're ninth as well. And like that was a league that had a really good Chelsea. It had a really good Arsenal. It had a, a great Man United team, like an undeniably great Man United team. This, has, this league has one good team. And a few that might be good in time, but that's it. There's no excuse for what's happening this season. None at all. No, 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 no. We we have absolute dibs on second place at worst, and we have absolutely cocked it up. And you know, it that goal was was clown cars exhibit A. Clown cars exhibit B is going to come later on. Pay attention. We're getting there. On 10 minutes, Harrison has an effort where he cuts in on the right and shoots wide with his left foot. 
uh, 12 minutes, our first attack, our second attack of note is a decent link up between Darwin and Bobby. Bobby is played in. It's a save. It leads to a corner. And on 13 minutes, Mo Salah, Dave puts us ahead because Mo uh, does some great work in the build-up. He's on the right. He tees up Trent for a cross, which goes all the way across, beating everybody to Robbo, who's raiding in from the left, really almost at his classic Robbo best today. Beautiful delivery from him, first time, uh, sort of a half-volley chipped delivery cross. And Mo did not stop his movement from the right and came in, found himself sort of center right and swept the ball home on the volley with his left, the inside of his left foot. It's a lovely goal. And briefly for me, sort of reset everything. And I went, okay, right, let's fucking put these away now. Uh, that was not to be the case, alas, because the next little section of the game, and I want to talk to you about it really quick, is a mixed bag. Because two minutes later, we have a beautiful Bobby flick to Trent, a nice cross into the corner. But they attack immediately. Harrison does really well. Uh, we have to do very, very well via Thiago and several others to get the ball away. I think it's Mo who carries it away on a counter-attack. And then on 20 minutes, Aronson crashes a volley off the freaking bar. A really good ball in by Christensen. Aaron gets, Aronson gets there ahead of the defender. And I think Trent basically does enough to maybe put him off a bit and maybe should get a bit of credit for this because maybe if your man had more time to compose himself, uh, Aronson, he might have finished it. It's a bit of a stretch volley, but it's a good hit, great ball in, good connection. And then they play right through us again, right through our center of our defense again, center of our midfield, center of our defense. And Harrison has a shot. He's clean in on Allison. He should do better. And Allison saves brilliantly. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to include that because it frames up our goal in a way that's very, very important for people to understand how this game went. It's not like we got back into it and then we were us. We got back into it. We had an attack and then we seeded everything again and they were able to walk through us, Dave. And that's not good enough. No, it's not. And just to to emphasize again, the whole running thing, uh, Liverpool have been out sprinted in 11 matches this season. That is more than the previous three seasons combined. Jesus. So, Jesus. you know, I know I know people will make excuses that, well, you, you run less when you have the ball. Our lads don't. That's just not what they do. They run more no matter what, and they certainly sprint more, and they're just not doing it this season. Um, you're completely right. I mean, the uh, Trent does badly on the Aronson one in that he allows, allows Aronson to be goal side of him, but then he does well to get a good nudge in on him. Um, and, and kind of throw him off balance a little bit, but he, he should, the fella should score from there. Um, on the Harrison one, I, I think that comes from a Gomez error as well. And the Virgil actually does really well because Virgil slides low, which means he has to lift it over him, which makes it kind of easier for Ali because now he knows, well, if it goes low, it's hitting Virgil. If it's high, it's mine. So um, luckily enough, it was fairly fairly straight at him. But yeah, we had we scored. On 14, and you know, no, knowing Michael Oliver and knowing how Premier League games go, you know, there's 80 minutes left because there'll be four to five minutes of stoppage time. 
So you score, it's nil-nil. Well, it's one all. But you just look at it and go, right, slate wipe, nil-nil, 80 minutes to go. Let's go and win this game. And then we just kind of opened up and we're like, well, do you just want to get another goal or two? And then we'll try and catch it up. Just <sighs> baffling stuff. I, I just don't understand what is going on with our midfield. It, it's been blatantly obvious for over a year that it needed to be refreshed. It, it, it's what caused us last season. And again, like people will say, oh, but we almost won everything last season. Almost is no good. You don't get an almost medal. You don't have almost written on the wall of champions at the training ground or at Anfield. We're not one of those clubs that put. No, we don't celebrate seconds. No. No. This is the thing. And and so many people were so happy. We almost won the quadruple last year. We lost the Champions League final for the second Oh, Jesus. I'm I'm sorry. Uh, Can I just say at this stage, I'm. Maybe, maybe it's just uh, at this stage I, I don't care anymore, uh, and I'm not trying to be neutral. But all of these people who keep saying about why can't you just enjoy the two trophies? Yeah. Fuck you! Actually, yeah. fuck fuck you! I'm sorry. I, I I know that sounds aggressive, but like, no, the only two trophies I give a shit about are the Premier League and the Champions League. Yeah. We have been in three finals. And we and fucked one, it. One. We should have three. We yeah. have been. We have. We have the. We had the opportunity to win at least three Premier Leagues. We have won. Yeah. This, this is this is where I am because I'm old and I know what this club is about and I want them to win everything, lads. And, the, and you know what? The, the three greatest people associated with our club ever. Bill Shankly said, "If you're second, you're nothing." Bob Paisley said, I was here for the bad years too. We finished second once. Yep. And Kenny Dogleash would have broken his own mother's legs to win a league title. Those three men built this club over a period of, of 25 years. Those three men, they built this club. They defined what this club stood for. It doesn't stand for, well, just fucking enjoy it. It doesn't stand for, be happy with the FA Cup and the League Club. Let's look at our own manager, whose track record since arriving is to bin off the FA Cup and League Cup at the start of the season. Because he knows what's said, important. Exactly. Prop, if you said to Jürgen, but the problem I have with, with Jürgen is this, Trev, and this has bothered me since he said it. Klopp said he'd forgotten about losing the Champions League final the next morning. Mm. He said he was over it by the next day. That that's has stuck with me. Now, I'm not saying Jurgen's not a winner because he clearly is. Yeah, but he talks a lot of shit. You know, Dave, he does talk a lot he of does, shit to the press. Trev, he that, does. He should be saying that it's eating him alive yeah. to inspire <laughs> those players. Because if yeah. he says, I've forgotten about it, the players then are like, oh, fair enough. Do you know what Alex Ferguson did when United lost to Barcelona in the Champions League final? He pinned the result on the notice board in the dressing room for a year. He was at the training ground three days later after that final when he should have been on holiday. They won the league that year as well, by the way. And he's watching that game back, obsessing with the mistakes he made and how he could fix it. That's the thing, yeah. though. You know, when Klopp came in, the, the first thing, and I've said this so many times on, on shows and written about it, that the most refreshing thing about him was on that first game, I think at Anfield, we, we played Southampton. We we conceded. It got back to 1-1. I think it was Mane who scored. 
and he and he said he couldn't believe that the players' heads went down as if they couldn't do anything. There was mm. still ten minutes to go or wherever they could still win this, and it's having that ability to respond to stuff that goes wrong and then that ability to learn from mistakes. And we're just not doing it this year. I think the the managers you've just mentioned, they would have been, what they used to do was they used to forget about just winning the league because the, the second you came back to Melwood after winning the league, you were told, right, that's last season, there's a new yeah, season now. That's it. It, it, it was a, just a, di- a different attitude. The thing about winning the FA Cup and the League Cup back in the days of Paisley being manager or, or Kenny being manager or whatever was... If that was what you won, great. Nice little consolation because we're going to win the league next year. And guess what? We did. We'd win the league next year. This, you know, I, I, I enjoyed the two cups last year. I, of course, I of course. That's the lost. thing. And to me, that was the stepping, another stepping stone, another foundation, if you like, ready to build on for this season. And, and what the hell has happened? It, it, it appears to me like the the era of that team began with a Champions League final defeat to Real Madrid and ended with a Champions League final defeat to Real Madrid. And I feel like a, like a massive refresh is needed. Like, I, I feel like fair, there's yeah. probably five fair. or six players needed. Not in the first team. I'm not talking about first team players. But overall, I think we probably need to get five or six in to and, and get rid of a few. And the other thing with Klopp is, he's like, he, he says things like, Oh, you can't just tell a player, well, we don't want you anymore if they're under contract. Yes, you can. You just tell them. You don't mm. have a future at the I club. I believe that's how it works. Tell your yeah, agent that's to exactly. find a new club. In fact, Alex, Alex Ferguson about that recently when he got told by the club that they didn't want him anymore. And in the end, he decided to fight for his place. And you know what? Instead of having oh. a player, you know, for a, for a while, if you do that, you get a player who... Well, actually, maybe you don't want to get rid of him now then because now they're fighting to stay. So you yeah. shouldn't be frightened to go to plays and tell them, look, sorry, yeah. lad, but you're not you're not good you're enough. You're not going to play. You know, and so they're either going to get good enough because they're going to put the effort in and, you know, show you what you thought you'd seen them in the first place or, or you know, they're going to accept the situation and they're going to go somewhere else. Paul Paisley binned really off lads at 30 who could still play because he didn't want I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say that to James. See the three lads that you mentioned. Those guys were fucking ruthless. That was the yeah, one yeah. thing that they all they all have in common. Nice men, lovely men. Like I mean, Uncle Bob and Cardi and 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 and, and uh, Bill Shanky, the most quotable man in the world, and and and, and Kenny. All right, Kenny's not cuddly, but you know, it, like it's still like it, it, Kenny, the, the, the smile and all the rest. Well, of Kenny it. has a great sense of humor and is 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 course, a bubbly personality, but he course, won't but touch it. Every one of those will cut a bitch. Yeah. Every one of them. That's how it goes. I'm sorry, you're fucking out. That's and the thing. That's like, it. And the Rude. people that don't really understand this, like I, I've seen people criticize me in a, the last little while saying, oh, he treats players like commodities. They're human beings. No, they're not. I'm sorry. They're not. As footballers, they're commodities. They're assets owned by the club. And if I'm, they're not good enough for the club anymore, they need to be moved on by hook we or by crook. Get rid of them in one way or another. We rarely saw players go bad. So we had heroes, you know. I can you know, think of many people. Phil Thompson, for example. Phil Neal, for example. You can think of loads and loads of players. Kenny himself. I mean, he was a, he was different with Kenny because he stayed, he stayed as long as he could. You know, he played until the end. But so many players, you know, there'd come a time when they weren't good enough for us. But guess what? As fans, we really didn't get to see that because the managers had already spotted the early signs of it. Exactly it, that. Had man. already got the succession in place. Exactly. Graham Souness. Graham Souness was the best midfield player in the world 
for Liverpool. He was the number one central midfield player in world football. He was a Champions League winning captain. He's arguably the greatest captain in the history of English football. And in 1984, at 31, he left the club to go to to Sampdoria. Sampdoria. And the reason he was allowed leave and the reason he wanted to leave is because the club told him, you're not going to get a new contract after this one, so you might as well go. And they took the money because they knew that if they kept him around for another year, yeah, he'd still be he'd still be great, but then he'd leave and there'd be no contract, so they'd get nothing really for him. At the time, it would have been a nominal fee, maybe 50 or 100 grand. He knew he wasn't getting another contract, and he knew he'd be a far less appetizing option for clubs at 32, having been declined a contract by Liverpool. So he was allowed leave. They orchestrated that move for him in 84, after just winning the European Cup, having established himself as one of the greatest players in the history of the club. We'd also won the league and league cup that season, by the way, probably the best season we've ever had as a club. Yeah. And he was basically shoved out the door. Thanks a million. It has been an incredible six years, but that's it. Bye-bye. It's not, it's not, seven it years wasn't something that was necessarily done with animosity. I mean, I know the players no. were the family hard, but, it was a professional decision. It was a business, you know, it's, it's a, it's a game. It's a, it is a business. It's a, it's a profession. You're trying to do the job. And, you know, I'm sure many of them use that. The ones that did go into management use that experience themselves mm. when they had plays in the, under their charge as well. And, and remember as well, like, back then, like I said earlier, those players are playing 50-odd games a season. Sooness, right, in six full seasons at Liverpool. 53, 59, 55, 54, 59, 61. And I guarantee you he played half those games with an injury, with a twisted ankle or a busted toe or a dead leg or something. Because Broken that's, rib. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, because yeah. that's what they did. So I don't yeah, want to yeah, hear that they're tired this year. I just They have been allowed also, to also, the wrong way. And this squad is too old. It's too old. And anyway, it's not their body Can that's we... tired. It's Liverpool's body that's tired. As, uh, it's Liverpool's exactly. body, Jim. Yes, it is. And, and by the way, while we're at it, just a little bit of acknowledgement from me for I had I, I I was following on Sky tonight and I went back to the studio and there's Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank resplendent in his beautiful suit. And Suey's normally like ridiculously dapper. Uh, tonight he's just wearing a t-shirt and a, a black shirt, black t-shirt, black shirt open pair of pants, brown pants, something like that. And he still looks fucking ridiculously cool. He still what looks like a man that you can put in the middle of the park, though, doesn't he? You still the lad is the an absolute... I have to say, I don't... Maybe it's just some sort of weird masculine buzz that I'm on, but I just think, top fucking lad. I, I just really, really did admire him. I, I have to say it, and I'm, I'm, I'm putting it out there. The rest of the first half, we had a bit of a we had a couple of link ups. Darwin with a nice header to Mo. I'd like to see more of that. Uh but Mo was stopped in his tracks. Thirty one minutes, Darwin was put in on goal after a beautiful through ball by Trent. He kinda hesitated a little bit on his left foot, didn't want to take it first time, so instead tried to cut inside the keeper and the keeper did enough to 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 win the ball. Uh I, at this point, have known that Trent was really doing well. 34 minutes, there was um, a chance 
of a breakdown from a corner. A robo ball went into Thiago. He headed the ball across like Bobby Firmino style in the recent game when the goal kind of beckoned and he should have taken the header on target. And then we flip it. 36 minutes, absolute clown cars defending from us. Like, awful. It, it, it's, it's like anyone who runs at us can do what they want. They will beat our defenders. They will have time to shape and take their shot. And they do, and they did, and they have all season. And it's getting ridiculous at this point. 38 minutes, we had a half-decent counter involving Mo and Darwin. Mo has an effort straight at the keeper. Harvey has a wild effort in 40 minutes. Thiago, I thought classy throughout. Beautiful turn and pass in 43 minutes. Reminds you that we actually have all these class players. 44 minutes, a great run by Robbo. Dangerous cross, nothing. 45, quick counter by us. Uh, a quick counter, sorry, opened us right up again. And Rodrigo goes in and he has an effort, which is saved by Ali. Gomez takes out Somerville really awkwardly on the uh, 47th minute. And we give away a free in a really strikeable position on the left of the, the box, just to the left of the D on 47 minutes. And we're lucky that Aronson hits it badly over. The second half begins with a Trent Diag to Robbo on 46. And you're going... Are we starting to get it together? 48 minutes, Fabinho steps in. He robs uh, the possession in classic Fabinho form. He feeds Darwin. And his dangerous ball from the right is is saved by the keeper, Melier, who had a fantastic night. And they bring on Bamford on 51 minutes for the goal scorer, Rodrigo. And our response to that? We're sloppy as shit, Jim. We're sloppy as shit. There's a dangerous Somerville cross on 55. Then Mo drifts in on 57, has a wild shot well off target. Then on 59 minutes, there's a ball played through to Bamford. And he swivels and it shoots quite powerfully, but straight at Ali to our, uh, for, to our good fortune. 59 minutes, we change it up. And this is where I want to bring you in. We bring on Curtis... Jones and Jordan Henderson for Fabinho and Harvey Elliott. And I guess I can understand that, right? You're going to bring on Fab to do, or you bring on Hendo to do Fab things and you're going to bring on Curtis to do Harvey things. That's the theory, right? Um, and the initial moments afterwards are encouraging. 60 minutes. A minute after substitutions, we have a lovely move. Curtis is straight in. He's involved. He carries the ball for a bit. And uh, we end up with a robo shot being saved. And then Thiago's doing fantastically, covering, tackling, all that kind of stuff. Trent has to do well defensively versus Harrison on 65 minutes. He gives away a corner. They get nothing from it. And, I mean... What happens, Jim, is basically we seed any advantage from our substitutions and we allow them to be on top for another five minutes. And that is the pattern of games that I don't understand. I'll come back to Dave from 66 to the end because 
it's all bullshit really including the goal that we concede but I wanted to allow you to talk about that opening part of the second half where you would imagine we're going to come out we're going to impose ourselves and then we make our changes and do we impose ourselves and talk to me about all of that and how you felt we engage with the idea of being behind um, I think I think the I mean the, the the substitutions in some ways I think I don't know what's happened to Fabinho I don't know have we swapped him for the real one with someone else I don't know what's going on have we got one of these fake players that you know have we got an impressionist or something he's not he's not the Fabinho that, that we know and love and, and he, you know in a way he's an example for what's going on throughout the rest of the team so and in a way that you can tell that because I'm I was thinking oh good I'm glad Hendo's coming on for him and I'm not having a go at Hendo but you wouldn't have said that a couple of years ago when when Fab was at his best. So what you know, he's a prime example of things not being right. Elliot, I mean, he he's got so much energy. He gives everything into the game. And um, whether he was the right person to bring off, it turned out not because Curtis is still he's been out too long. He's had he's had too much of a gap. He's still getting into it, and it's and it's sad in some ways that we're, we're having to bring him back into situations like this because. Let's not forget, we were one-one in a game. We should have. We were all thinking, you know, not in a complacent way, but thinking we should be well ahead. In you know, this should have been three or four nil by this point against the team in the bottom three. So what what's going on that you know, Curtis has been asked to come in and almost try and become a match winner when I don't think he's ready for that kind of thing yet. And then there were some good moments, and this is one of the frustrations of it that there were some good moments. Some. Good moments, not great moments, good moments. Because everything from Liverpool was about how many times did we did we play a, a sloppy pass? How many times was the player just not just not quite getting on the, the amount of times we gave stupid throw-ins away, but and you know, the the ball was just a hit a bit too long or a bit too hard. All through the game, we were just not quite getting it right at in terms of attack. But then of course in terms of defence, then you know, we, we let them come at us and it didn't matter that we changed the midfield because the midfield was still sort of letting it, letting the other side just walk right through the middle of them. Um, it's just, it, and, and the other side to that as well is you were hoping maybe you'd bring on some changes that would change the shape a little bit because the shape wasn't working. And I don't think that changed the shape. I don't think. No, it didn't. No, it just no, doubled down on the same shape. Yeah. And I think, I think that idea you said you mentioned earlier about, you know, moving Trent forward, let's just get it done. Everyone yeah. says he would be a good midfielder. Let's get it done. I mean, I mean, if, if we if we have got a role for James Milner, let him play right back behind Trent. That's fair enough. I don't know. That could work. That could really work. Ramsey now. All no. three of them can play right back. You can rotate them depending on who you're playing against. And just try it. Give it five games. What difference does it make at this point? We can't win the league anyway. No, so what I'm, difference does it make? Yeah, but... But like you, three forwards who all play in the middle base. Oh, well, Salah wants to play in the middle. He's, he's better in the middle. They always exactly. play in the middle. Daryl wants, wants, right. wants to play in the middle. Jota wants to play in the middle when he comes back yes. as well. Like They want to play in a two, all four of them. Diaz wants to play as a left winger, like an actual winger, not as somebody that plays the left side of a three. Mm. We bought him having played as a winger in a four. So why not play to the strengths? We bought Thiago from Bayern where he spent a decade or almost a decade playing in the double pivot in the middle of the middle of the pitch. Like if you go through our squad man for man, the only player the double pivot midfield four and two up front doesn't really suit is Henderson. The only player because even Milner is more suited as a as a right back in in a 4-4-2 
than he is as a right back in a in a four three three because he gets more protection in front of him. Yeah, everybody else is better suited to four four two. Like, um, yet the diamond is more of a four three three shape anyway. So I don't know why I don't know why we're playing a diamond, but like Curtis is such a strange player. He comes on, and for about five minutes, he looks like he might actually make a difference. He plays one lovely pass. He goes and has one lovely little dribble and beats a couple of players on the edge of the box. And you think, oh, this might be something. This might be something here. And then he just falls apart. He plays one bad pass. Well, he, and it's what, too bad. What happens is that confidence again, isn't it? It's that confidence. He's got no I confidence. Mean, you know, he, he has. He does is he confidence, well, lads? Confidence goes. Hmm. I think he's, he's a confidence he, player, he turned, Trev. I do. He, I think he's a confidence he, player. He, he turned, he basically turns into Harvey. Like, he turns into exactly what Harvey was, which was like, oh, well, there's another shit pass, or oh, well, there's mm. another thing, you, 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 uh, uh, Jewel, you should have won that you didn't, or, and, 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 and you, you find yourself being excessively critical of a child and yeah. excessively critical then of this other guy who's got no minutes and, and has had recent the injuries. The thing with Curtis as well, Trev, right, is when Curtis came into the, into the team, he was a number 10. Or a wide forward. That's basically where he played in the academy. He played as a ten. He played. Yeah, over. we've got we've got no midfielders. Then that's what you're saying, right? That's the we've thing. No fucking but, midfield. But the problem is Curtis is not is not any better now than he was when he first broke into the team in 1920. He's rounded his game because for some reason Jurgen took a look at him, a player that looked custom made for the right hand side role in the old four three three, the more attacking one that played a little bit more advanced and linked with the front uh, the front three and linked with Trent overlapping from the right. Curtis was was ideal for that role. And for some reason, Klopp looked at him and thought, no, I'm going to turn you into Ginny Wijnaldum. And he's he has ruined that kid's development over the last couple of years with this nonsense of playing him on the left-hand side of the midfield in a role that's not suited to him, in a role where his hesitancy on the ball costs us in a role where his defensive lapses cost us. It's fine to have defensive lapses in the other role because you're playing further forward. Henderson has had defensive lapses his entire career, but it was fine because others could cover from. When you're playing the left-sided role, you don't get that cover. His confidence got absolutely shot last season. He was also injured for large portions of last season. And you called him a child. As a footballer, he is. Like, I know he'll be, I think he's 22 in January. But, like, he's played so little football in the Premier League over his career that he is a child. Like, Jacob Ramsey, who plays for Villa, made his debut a year after him and has played far more minutes in the Premier League. But the fella hasn't been developed properly. And the, the issue is we can't afford to develop him. Yes, um, exactly. He's not in a bad way, almost too confident. He had that swagger with him. Yeah. He played like a street footballer. And he, him and Trent had a real good connection on the pitch. And now that's all gone. And we can't, aff- the thing is, we can't afford, the, we can't afford the minutes to give Curtis that he needs to develop properly. Because the minutes he's on the pitch are minutes that hurt us now. Which is why I banged the drum all summer long that that lad needed to go out of the club on loan somewhere else and play 35, 40 games. Be it championship, I 
Bundesliga, France, Portugal, wherever. Get him games somewhere else. Let him learn to play the game on somebody else's time. Paisley always said, don't let a player get old on your wage bill. But he also wouldn't just throw young players in the way Klopp has done with this fella and the way he does with Elliot. Like, these lads aren't ready to play for us. They're not good enough at the moment. They're talented without doubt. And in time, maybe they will be good enough. But when they are on the pitch, they are actively hurting us. The goal that Leeds scored, the first goal, if Harvey Elliott does his job defensively, that goal doesn't happen. Because um, Joe Gomez shouldn't have had to make that run out into the right channel. He shouldn't have to be there. Harvey should have been there tracking that runner. But he didn't. So Joe had to go out. Now, the goal is completely Joe's fault. I'm not suggesting it's not. But if Harvey had done his work, he'd have been there. And he would have been able to just play a simple ball back to Joe, who would have cleared it up the pitch. But Harvey hurts us defensively. Curtis hurts us on the ball because he's got no confidence at all. And we just can't afford to be carrying any more players. We're already carrying Fabinho. We're carrying Henderson. We're carrying Milner. At the minute, we're carrying Trent a lot of the time as well. You can't carry this many players. Yeah, and it has felt, if we're being perfectly honest, and it's controversial to say it, but at times, at big, big moments, several of them, it has felt a little bit like the unassailable big dog of the team has been carried as well in Virgil. And and, and, and I like I don't like saying it, but it has it has been more than patently obvious on several occasions that he's not where he's he not is at his very best. But what I would disagree with you on this trend on this trend. I don't think anyone's carrying him. I think the knowable thing now is that he can no longer carry everybody else. He's weighed down by what he's had to carry, isn't he? He he like think of it this way, right? Everybody loves Joel Matip. And we have loaded Joel Matip on this podcast and others for the last couple of years. But let's not forget that Joel Matip pre-Virgil was a distinctly average centre-back. And there were people having real discussions about whether Joel Matip or Dejan Lovren was the better centre-back. That's the level Joel was at. Virgil came in and elevated him into one of the best centre-backs in Europe. He did the same thing for Joe Gomez. He elevated Robbo from a fairly decent young left-back with a bit of promise into arguably the best left-back on the planet. Like, he lifted all of them up. And now that he can't lift them up, or he's choosing not to, or whatever the fuck is going on with him, and I thought he was all right tonight, I will say. He's but not got, He's not got Fabinho. The, the and Fabinho he hasn't got the same fan. Him, you know, to That's the thing. In and that step in and help out. But because Virgil has dropped the level... And all of the others have come crashing back down to earth to the level that they were at before Virgil took it upon himself. Virgil looks a little bit more human. Now, part of it is, I think, I I am convinced it's the World Cup because against City, he was... I know you are, yeah, yeah. And, I think, and he was brilliant for the Dutch yeah, it's, last it's, two games. It's, it's, it's a dark dark reality that I don't want to conceive of, but I think he might be I think he might be right there. And and I don't know that I blame and, him. And I don't know I that don't he's the only one in the squad trying to manage themselves to get through to the World Cup either. Maybe not. I think there's one or two others maybe that not. are looking maybe at it and thinking, well maybe I won't sprint for that one because my hamstring's a little bit tight. There's one or two that are yeah, going to be um yeah. 
surprised when they find out that the international manager thinks, hang on, you've gone a bit shit, haven't you? I don't, the, the best thing that could happen to us what, is yeah. Fabinho not getting called up. I hope he doesn't, the international he doesn't managers des- have seen the way we're playing. Yeah. I think I'm not using him. He's not right. Fab doesn't deserve to get called up and should get left at home. Mm-hmm. And getting left at home will A, give him a rest and B, might light a bit of a fire in his arse. We can do a little pre-season. Yeah, if- Fellow's been wagging. Let's be honest. Let's let's take the last run of the match uh, with you, Jim. Um, we had all those introductions. There was a decent move introduced, uh, pretty much instigated by Darwin. It ended with Mo feeding him, and Melia did very well on one v one. That was about sixty six. Um, Another one then, as Melier turned away Hendo's cross at uh, after a corner on sixty seven. Um, but nothing looks too cohesive. Curtis and Mo managed to link. Mo had a shot deflected point blank on 70, a corner not given and should have been. Uh, they bring on Yonto on 71 for Harrison. Uh, Mo breaks down the right in 74, beats a couple of lads, has an attempt. Not sure whether it's a pass or a shot, but it drifts wide of the left post. As you're looking at the goal in 78 minutes, Darwin cuts in and shoots from distance. It's a good dig and it's touched over the top uh, by the keeper. We bring on Milner at that point for Trent. That's 78 minutes. Uh, 79 minutes immediately after that substitution, Bamford should score. He's played in. His touch is poor. It's an open goal versus Ali. And instead, because he fails to control it properly, it ends up going out for a corner from which they get nothing. Bob has an effort on 81 minutes. At the end of a decent move, which is saved, Mo has a shot from distance on 85. Milner puts in a semi-dangerous cross on 87. 88 minutes, there's a diagonal uh, into Robbo. Robbo heads across the face of goal, and Bobby Firmino directs it towards goal, but it's saved. And we're thinking, okay, uh, looks like it's going to end all square. And then they'd go and mug us. And they do mug us, really, uh, on 88 minutes. Somerville uh, is the scorer. But Nyanto does well, to to be fair, Jim, to beat, to beat two of ours in, in, in terms of getting the cross over, getting the, the centre across. It comes to Bamford, and Bamford's coming from right to left, and his touch is... I think an attempt to control, but he doesn't manage it. And it comes then to Somerville. It kind of bounces to Somerville, who's coming from left to right. He gets between Thiago, Van Dijk, and Gomez to finish it. And it all looked to me, Jim, like it was happening in slow motion. And all I could think of is my favorite phrase for when things go completely awry and it looks bananas. I just felt like clown cars. The five minutes were added. Melly went down injured. Robo left a foot in like a dope at one point. He shouldn't have because it gave the kid a, a, an opportunity to roll around. Henderson had an idiotic shot on 95 minutes from distance. Like a fucking idiotic thing to do. Like I, I felt like getting into the television and saying, you are a fu- what? What are you doing? I remember uh, once when Phil, I was, it was going back a while. Phil Babb did that. Um, I can't, we were playing somebody like Oldham. I was in the cop, and I think we lost two one. And it was as embarrassing as today to lose that game against them. And he had this effort from you know 
way too far out that didn't go anywhere near the goal mm. and then he laughed about it and I'll never forget that moment anything he did before could, kind of got completely wiped do, out do you remember when we played Adam. Villa in a cup semi-final and we're losing it's the last dying embers of the game the ball comes out but 40 yards out from their goal and striding onto it is Dejan Lovren who proceeds to absolutely welly it over the bar and you just thought you absolutely brain mistake had you but you kind of expected it from him because it was him. This is our club captain. What are you doing in that situation? Like, Trev, you've glossed over the, the goal. That's a shocker from us. To, to Forget what happens once the ball I, reaches. I, I have it happened. I have the, the ball no, should I not reach Somerville. The ball shouldn't reach Somerville. Milner is going to get roasted one-on-one. So Curtis should be behind him not coming in at an angle. I don't know what Gomez is doing. He gets himself out into the middle of no man's land and then no one fills the gap in behind. It is just a shambles. There's four or five lads there that should be ashamed of themselves on that goal. We play teams like that sometimes and we have like scares and it goes, you know, goes, you know, it goes both ways and it's kind of one, one. And we're thinking, God, we really need to get a goal and win this. And then you start to notice the other team really starts to think, God, we really need to keep this tight and, and just get away from here with 1-1 with the point. You know, they're ruthless. They're going to finish us off. And it was as if that that was starting to happen. We were starting to make some chances. We were getting all those saves. I mean, to be fair, a lot of the saves were the kind of things you'd expect a Premier League goalkeeper to get. You know, I'm not saying they were they were easy saves by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, we, we weren't sort of clinically... Um, you know, most keepers would have probably got those 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 balls saved. So he, he did well, but you should expect that at this level. But it was as if that's what we thought was happening because it was like, it's up to us now. They're not going to try. We're going to do all the trying. And then we sort of thought, oh, oh shit. It's like, I couldn't believe how, how it was happening. We just sort of, we forgot that there's two goals on the pitch and you need to defend one of them as well as trying hard to score in the other. And it was just embarrassing. And in all honesty, at that point, if Jurgen Klopp had thrown a great big white towel on the pitch, I'd have said, fair enough. Never mind the yeah. other time. Because you knew that was it. You knew that was it. This Liverpool team was not going to come back from that. They're not. You know what? Everything you've said there is right. And it, it, it brings to the end, as far as I'm concerned, there's not, not much point in going too much further. We, we've already gone over over the the length that we'd like to go but we've been talking about stuff that you know you get the three of us together we just keep talking but we've been talking about stuff that needs to be talked about and I just I don't see anything wrong with that especially when you're looking at a season imploding in front of you it's important for us I think doing the job that we do to say why why is that happening at least as far as we can see and and, and ask the questions that we're asking but let me just finish by asking both of you for your wrap-up thoughts and right Dave let's let's start with you I mean like it's hard isn't it to 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 conceive of what's to come uh, I still retain hope that we might get lads back fit and be able to do something mm. in the in the European Cup 
and there's endless uh, uh, records and experience, including our own 2005 uh, win, for example, of of teams who are fucking wagging in their own <laughs> domestic leagues and still manage to go and, Everton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we were shit, and you can still manage to go and and do the thing that you need to do. I I, I still have this belief that we are the club that we are and it wouldn't surprise me that against all odds that Jurgen Klopp being the man that he is yeah. and Liverpool being the, the club here but I'm also feeling like I could be a bit of a knob for thinking that and hoping about that because no I think the same Trent we, we I, could I be straight out do. in the next round you know we could be but at the same time if we play like we did against City against Bayern against PSG we we can beat them. We can beat them because they all have frailties. Now, we need to go in January and we need to bring in at least one midfielder. At least one. Ideally, you'd like two, but we'll take one. But there's got to be two coming in the summer after them. We've got to go out in January and be aggressive and get somebody in. Jürgen needs to take the first two weeks of the World Cup break grab the missus, load up what I imagine is a Volkswagen camper van, get <laughs> get a load of weed and a load of Fleetwood Mac and a load of whiskey or whatever it is that says, I, I know he's sponsored by Erdinger, but you know that takes up a lot of space. That's not strong enough for what we Put the dogs in the thing <laughs> and, and head up for a drive. Eddie will open up the Kingdom of Scotland to you, go way up into the Highlands, bake your brain, and then come back down refreshed. And when them lads start coming back from the, the break they're going to get and then the World Cup, you flog them. Flog them into the ground and make sure that they understand that it is not acceptable that they play like this for this club. Because this club is not other clubs. This club does not exist to finish second. This club does not exist to almost anything. This club exists to win league titles and, and European Cups, and that's what it does. And nothing else is acceptable. Every single season in our history that we haven't won a league title or a European Cup is a failure. Now, we can accept last season because we won two Cups. If we'd won nothing last season, and remember, we were penalty shootouts away from winning nothing last season. That's the margins you work with. Last season would have been a failure if we hadn't won both of those domestic cups. So things need to change, and they need to change quickly. Now, nobody should be calling for the manager to go. Let's be really clear on that. That man has earned the right to figure this out. And if he can't figure it out, he will be the first one to realize. And he is a big enough man that he will put his hand up and say, you know what? I haven't, I'm out of ideas. Of course I, I can't do it because he did it at Dortmund. He had a year left in his deal. He knew he'd run his course and he put his hand up and says, I'm out. I'm out. I can't do this anymore. So he will be the first to realize when it's actually over. Nobody else should call for it until then. But he needs to become more ruthless with that squad. There are players there that are not good enough. They have had their day. They need to be moved on or they need to be moved into much smaller roles. And also, Dave, Ruthless, as you said in your weekly show there, your daily show, uh, Ruthless with his engagement with the ownership. 
um, yeah. in yeah. terms of in terms of like maybe issuing the ultimatum and not being the nicest man in the world because at the end of the day a big change needs to happen here could you try again (laughs) fuck you (laughs) fuck you siri guy please don't edit that out no 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 absolutely he he does he needs to walk in to mike gordon's office mike gordon is the man who runs liverpool on a day-to-day basis he is part of fsg he's one of the owners of the club he needs to walk in and he needs to say, I am the only reason, the only reason you have an opportunity to still have success this season. Because me and one other fella built everything here. And that other fella is gone in Michael Edwards. And he hasn't been properly replaced. I'm sorry, Julian Ward was not qualified to replace him at the time and still doesn't look like he's the right fella. But we'll give him, we'll give him more opportunities. But Jürgen needs to walk in and say, I am the most important person at this club. And it is unacceptable to me that this team is where they are. You need to get on the phone to Boston and you need to ensure that I am back with whatever I need. You know what? Liverpool he shouldn't be the European to He shouldn't. He shouldn't. He shouldn't they should be coming to him and saying, Jürgen, what do you need? Here's the blank check. What do you need? We won the league. T- uh, the, the, we won the European Cup in 2019. There have been seven transfer windows since. Seven. And our net spend is thirty-eight million pounds. Yeah, That's five point six million per window. Yeah. That is an embarrassment. West Less Ham than the cost of an unused Manchester City substitute. <laughs> <That's exactly, laughs> yes. That's exactly yes. it. That's exactly it. West Ham yes. like West Ham. We're not we're not asking to spend like City. Let's because this is one of the things you get from those people that shout at you to just fucking enjoy it. Is oh, well, why don't you go and support City then? Just enjoy it. Fucking Nobody nonsense. wants us to spend like City. Nobody wants that. But are you really telling me that West Ham should have this much more money to spend? West Ham went out in the summer. They bought Skimaka for forty. They bought Paqueta for around 40. They bought Agard for 30. They bought Cornet for 18. They bought Terrer for 12. They bought Ariola for 10. They bought Flynn Downs for 11. Now, West Ham United went out and dropped 150 million in the summer. Must be their uh, massive merchandising deals and all the, um, you know, the commercial stuff. That's exactly that, world, that you know? global powerhouse that <laughs> is Only West Ham. That sort of thing. Like Arsenal <laughs> have dropped two fifty in the last couple of summers. Uh... So like we're not asking to spend like Manchester City or Manchester United. We have repeatedly been told, and with good reason, that we have great recruitment at our club, and the the evidence is there. We absolutely have. There just simply hasn't been enough of it. There hasn't been enough of it. And Klopp needs to go in and bang on the door and say, look, I now he deserves the blame here as well. He could have signed the midfielder in the summer. He chose not to. He chose to re-sign James Milner. He could have got he should have got a midfielder in the summer. He needs to hold his hands up to Mike Gordon and say, I fucked up in, in the summer. I fucked up. I need the money that was there then, and I need a bit more, and we need to go and get two. We need two players in to give this squad the injection that they need of quality, of energy, of athleticism. And the other thing is, you're going to be paying James Milner. He's never playing for us again because he shouldn't still be at the club. 
you're going to ring Curtis Jones's agent and you're going to say, Curtis needs to go on loan. You're going to arrange a loan for him. And then we're going to call in the club captain and we're going to say to him, your role is now changing. You remain the club captain, but the big Dutch fella, he's the team captain. And we're not going to do this horseshit of pass the armband anymore. You're going to accept the role we're giving you, the role you had a tantrum over a couple of years ago, which is one of the reasons that Michael Edwards left the club. You're going to accept that role or you can ring your agent. Thank you for what you've done, but this is what's needed. Then you're going to go and speak to the likes of Fabinho and say, if you're not the player you were, if you don't feel like you can do it anymore, have your agent make arrangements for the summer. And the same thing goes for everybody else. If you're not capable anymore, you're not going to be considered anymore. They are commodities. As Jim pointed out earlier on, Bill Shankly once asked the player on crutches, I believe it was Tommy Smith, who nobody would ask questions of, what's wrong with you? My knee hurts. What do you mean your knee? That's Liverpool's knee. (laughs) That's the mindset of a great manager. That's the mindset that you see from Ferguson, that we see from Mourinho, that we see from Pep, that we see from Conte. The reason these guys win again and again and again and again is because they're ruthless. And they don't just want to be everyone's best friend. And Jürgen is every bit the manager all of them are. And he's probably a better person than all of them are. But maybe that holds him back a little bit. If you yeah. can't be if you can't be ruthless to the face yourself because you want to be the best mate, that's all well and good. But you get someone who does the ruthless speaking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go and hire go and hire an absolute bastard to be your number two. Yeah. yeah. And put hire. them as a buffer between you and the manager. And let let the players hate them. And you can come in like Uncle Jurgen, oh, I'll sort that for you. Get a hug. Go and have a little listen, blah, blah, blah. Because somebody needs to be ruthless. Somebody needs to have a bit of a streak of nastiness about them. Ronnie Moran was hardly ever Liverpool man. He had a very short spell as the manager, didn't he? But he he was a player. <laughs> how many ex-players will tell you about how basically how frightened they were of him? Yeah, they, they'll tell you how but, Ronnie was the lad. Ronnie was the lad they listened to. And Ronnie, Ronnie was the one who said, yeah, to not get your medal there and they're like almost embarrassed to go up and take their medal out of the fucking cardboard box yeah. that's the thing yeah. that, that's but what you know we- what they all still respected him and the day he retired every one of them lauded him every one of them came out and said we wouldn't have been the same club without that man of course man because that's a mentality thing and yeah. look let, let's let's start, let's start wrapping up. Uh, the clock has gone bananas here. That was Dave Hendrick, and you can hear him on Two Foot a Pod. You can hear him on Daily Red, and you can hear him on Scouted for Anfield Index. And if I've left anything out, Dave will come in and tell me at the very end. And Jim, I just want to get your last thoughts as well, like a final wrap up on this and where we are. I think one thing is we've had a good moan about tonight. We've got it off our chest. I hope the players get it off their chest, get it get it out of the system. Um, I think it's time to try and start looking forward if we can. Um, starting against Napoli, we need to experiment against them. Is There's the chance. Let's, let's forget about going top of the group. It doesn't matter. You're going to get up against a difficult team, whether you're first or second, and the chances of getting first. If we try and go out there to get a 4-0 win, it'd be like Crystal Palace all over again a few years ago. Experiment against Derby when we play them in the League Cup. Make sure we win these league games that we've got less by by going back to basics. When 
we get that stupid World Cup tournament in the middle of the season, let's just use that. Let's use that to reset a bit. Jürgen, get off up there to Scotland. The invite's open for you, I'm sure. Let's reset a little bit. Let's get that window planned. What are we going to do? Boxing Day, come back. Whatever plays we've got, this is the start of our season, good and proper on Boxing Day. Maybe it's too late for us to get anything out of the season in terms of where we where we want to be. But you know what? It's it's the it's the start of next season, if nothing else. It gets us going. Let's have a good, good next year. Let's try and put all this behind us, but we've got to do it very, very quickly and experiment. Let's just let's just go for it. Let's just change things. Let's just put all this behind us urgently. It can be done. We are better than this. But yeah, um I expect more. As for me, um, there's a Scouser Tommy's out now, which you can have a listen to. It's probably more optimistic than it should have been. And there'll be another one out next week, which maybe will be more realistic. And also, hopefully, um going to do one with Tony Evans in the week. Um, first time up with him on the Scouser Tommy's. It's good to have him on Anfield Index. I hope you're ready to call him. Great to have him. Great to have Tony Evans involved. So much insight from that man. Who Who is even... Uh, knows Liverpool teams from even longer ago than I do. That was my diplomatic word. No, he, 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 there's an off chance that Fidzy hears this. There's an off chance that somehow he stumbles across it, realizes, oh, the podcast is on. Fidzy, get your ass back on a podcast, old man, because there's a whole bunch of them that could wait for you. Uh, just to say, I've just been cheered up a little bit, Trev, and this might cheer you up as well. Uh, Jim, I'm sorry, it probably won't help you. Uh, Katie Taylor victorious again tonight the greatest female boxer of all time uh, with her 22nd win from 22 professional fights and still the undisputed lightweight champion of the world this has been quite an interesting chat i enjoyed it it's been long it often is when things go badly wrong um very much appreciate the thoughts of jim and that's Jim Boardman to you and Dave, that's Dave Hendrick to you. Uh, and they're a great pair of lads. And we will finish up this particular Raw with me reminding you I'm Trev Downing and we'll be back, unfortunately, for the next game because we will never stop because this is what we do. We enjoy it. We love following the Reds. They just don't seem to love us at the moment. So for now and until the next time, good luck. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.